This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. Angrez apna lagan aur News Laundry apna hafta kabhi nahi chhodte. I'm back. I'm going to be your host this week too because Abhinandan is in Bombay and he's going to be back in he's going to be back on Sunday. So from next week you're going to listen to his soothing voice <laughs> giving you the news and discussion. Meanwhile you have to suffer me for this week again. Uh we have a very action packed week. Um Prime Minister Modi is in the US and that's what we're going to be discussing mostly for this episode because it's really all over the news and it's quite a remarkable visit. Uh we're going to have with us in house Anand is in traffic so he's going to join us in a bit. He's got stuck in Delhi traffic. We have with us Raman Kirpal who's in Hi. the studio. Hi Raman sir. We have Jayshree joining us from Chennai. Hi, hello. And we have Suhasini Heather joining us from Delhi. Hi Suhasini. Hi, hi Manisha, hi everyone. Hi. Suhasini is diplomatic affairs editor with The Hindu and she regularly writes on foreign policy issues. You've heard of you've heard her before on Hafta many times. She hosts a weekly online show called World View with Suhasini Heather. So if you don't want news like Modi ji ka danka baj raha hai ya Biden ne kitni bar hug kiya then you must <laughs> tune into her YouTube show it's on the hindu right the hindu youtube channel that's right it's on yeah. it's on the hindus youtube channel and if you want to wa- read the show rather than watch it uh, the whole transcript is on the hindu online the website <laughs> great so we're going to be talking about a lot of things with suhasini important world affairs uh, before we get into the headlines a uh, couple of announcements we have a press freedom fund that is up we've raised about 17 lakh so far but we need to raise 30 lakh so please contribute please uh tell your friends and family to also contribute this fund is going to be it's basically an nl sena project it'll include deep dive reports commentaries and videos on press freedom the health of media ecosystem and pressures faced by civil society and media in india i think it's a very important story especially in the run up to 2024 it's not just going to be you know one or two odd reports it's really going to be a 360 degree view and audit of sorts so do contribute to our press freedom fund and help us top it up Um Jessie can we get the headlines and then we'll get straight into the discussion. Yes yes here's the headlines of the week. So yes biggest news story is Prime Minister Narendra Modi has landed in America. He was in New York late Tuesday marking the beginning of his first state visit to the US. So he did yoga in NYC, he met Elon Musk, Neil deGrasse Tyson, he had dinner with the Bidens and he has a state dinner tonight. There's also a rare press conference scheduled um where Modi is expected to take two questions. There's also been some opposition that we've seen. Uh 75 Democrats have written a letter and the committee to protect journalists took out a full page ad in the Washington Post on press freedom issues in India. In fact, the press conference, the a CNN article says that uh the Indian side wasn't very keen on the press conference. Hmm. but they were kind of convinced and then they said that okay just two questions <laughs> so yeah they apparently said they wanted to do joint statements but they were overruled so modi ji is finally in a press conference in the us i think first. it's the first since <laughs> 2014 yeah and well, not exactly but we can talk about that in a bit okay so the maker dwadi purush announced that they will rewrite portions of the dialogue and issue new versions of the film this is after it got intense criticism I think protests were also held in parts of Uttar Pradesh, Maharashtra and Delhi against the film. And the movie is bombed now. Now there are reports of it just not doing well. <laughs> yeah, I think 6 days still on a slide. But like normally that. when the con- controversy happens, hmm. the movie also does well. Like with Kerala story it got <laughs> started doing really well. Right. But I mean that also got a lot of BJP push and here you can see uh, everyone's protesting against it. At least the Sangh affiliates, VHP and all. 
yeah, Sangh affiliates hate it. They're putting up pictures of themselves, like tearing up their tickets, cancelling their bookings. So, and this Manoj Mundasir guy is also quite a number because I'm seeing some of his previous interviews where he's talking about he's I think in Jashnar Ekta and he's talking about how his father was a Shiv worshipper or a Vaishnavite, either of the two, and how he used to you know recite the Quran every time he would recite some chant, you know, some Vedic chant, and he would challenge him. I don't know, like very strange stuff he said before. And now three sixty degree no, turn. In other news, eighty uh, people have died at the district hospital in Uttar Pradesh's Valia since June fifteenth. These are due to health complications caused by a heat wave. In the latest from Manipur, Union Home Minister Amit Shah has convened an all-party meeting on June 24th to discuss the situation in the state. This will take place in Delhi. Meanwhile, Sonia Gandhi also issued an appeal for peace, urged women to take the lead in restoring normalcy. Hmm. In Bengal, nine people have died so far in violence preceding the Panchayat poll. The latest death was on June 20th. It was a CPIM youth activist who succumbed to bullet injuries. The Calcutta High Court this week ordered the State Election Commission to deploy 82,000 Central Forces personnel during the election. The election will take place on July 8. And Supreme Court endorsed this decision as well because the state government had gone against it. Yeah, the Congress has said the center's decision to award the Gandhi Peace Prize for 2021 to Geeta Press is a travesty. Uh, Geeta Press is one of the largest publishers of Hindu religious texts. In fact, Akshay Mukul is going to be on uh, Charcha. So, in case you are Hindi listeners, you can tune into Charcha, and he can tell you, give you a very deep background on uh, Geeta Press. Yeah. So, Punjab this week passed an amendment to the Sikh Gurudwaras Act to ensure the free transmission of Gurbani from the Golden Temple. This has been opposed by the Shiromani Akali Dal, who, because broadcast rights are owned by a private channel belonging to the Badal family. Hmm. And finally, there's been a huge media outcry over a submersible called Titan that went missing on Sunday with five people on board. They were on their way to visit the submerged Titanic. Simultaneously, about 81 migrants died, with hundreds missing when their boat sank off the coast of Greece. At least 300 of them are reported to be from Pakistan. I have a little rant about this, which I can do later. No, go ahead. Oh, okay. So <laughs> basically, there's been excellent reportage about so the submersible. The five people on board include two Pakistanis. One is a billionaire. The other is the son. So there's been excellent reportage on how the company that operates the submersible, it's called Ocean Gate. It sort of egregiously ignored multiple warnings about yeah. experimental nature. It pretended to have been inspected and certified. It even vanished last year for five hours during a trip. At least three dozen people warned of catastrophic consequences. In a letter, I think it was in 2018, but all of this was ignored because what is more important? What was more important was rushing to provide tourism for our world's billionaires. And then you also, of course, obviously, with the migrant disaster taking place at the same time, it's inevitable that you compare and contrast, like how the media looks at it. The ship that took them to their deaths was uh, stranded for days in Italy without government help. But in the North Atlantic, when the submersible vanished, U.S. and Canadian agencies, navies. Deep sea firms, commercial fi- private firms have all been working together. I think the entire rescue operation is based in Boston. So, like, it's also Ishan Tharoor had a very good piece on this, like how it's the story of two Pakistans. Um, mm. When you're looking at the billionaire and his son on board the Titan, in contrast with the hundreds of Pakistanis. But obviously, I mean, I understand why this gets media attention, but it's also repulsive. It's also it's an unusual story, and what is unusual is news. Like it's like that old saying: "If a dog bites a man, it's not news. If the man bites the dog." That is your headline. So, But um, yeah, all the 81 mi- migrants are all Pakistanis. Yeah, Pakistan has said 300 of the people who were on board the ship were all were from God. Pakistan. Yeah. 
sad so yes that's my rant and those mm. are the headlines for me <laughs> thank you for the rant and the headline yes. uh, so asni uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about this press conference because you said that it's not quite a press conference that's what you were trying to say no 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 i was trying mm. to say that it's not the first time he has taken questions from the press while abroad of course uh, uh, i think the the point that he has not held those press conferences in in, in india at all is uh, i mean at least a political press conference is absolutely true uh, the exceptions and that's why it's so rare that he's going to take these questions in the united states with president biden um is that the exceptions have been uh, he did um, uh, stand with uh, president obama when he came to delhi uh and i think they took one question each and mr modi was asked about uh, climate change or something um he did also in the uk actually uh answer questions from the press this was in november 2015 and that's when i think it he decided that he wouldn't take any more of these simply because uh the questions were very pointed and extremely negative he was asked about uh, india's human rights records he was asked about his own record in gujarat he was asked about the fact that the uk government uh, uh did not want him to travel there after the riots and and that sort of thing um so he had answers to those at the time he said india is the land of buddha india is the land of gandhi but after that we found and we heard from uh dignitaries and diplomats uh, from other countries saying that he has absolutely refused to take any more press conferences he did in 2018 in berlin uh did uh, take uh, questions uh, and i was there so it was actually quite funny because there were four journalists uh, from uh, newspapers uh covering the visit of prime minister modi to berlin that year and um and uh, uh we were told that he doesn't want to take questions but you know the same thing that he's going to take one question each uh but that question wasn't given to any of the journalists uh, present in the room even though we had our hands up and everything it was handed to the camera person for, for doordarshan um <laughs> I'm not quite sure who all will be there. I I assume that everyone is accredited to the White House already, mm. like the reporters for the I think the Hindustan Times and PTI um are certainly over there um will be allowed in, but whether any of the visiting press will be allowed in or not, I'm not sure. It has changed over the years. Uh, I think after 2014, the White House has been told to sort of keep the visiting press out from India. um so it's normally just a few people who are already accredited there's that one um indian origin journalist who's very well known for being for giving softball questions right in the white house um raghubir goyal i think yeah um, i think mr goyal is there I, i mean there are a few who are always sort of seen as you know uh, sort of uh, batting for their side you yeah. have a, similarly a pakistani journalist who does the same thing you know always asks a question uh, uh, <laughs> that seems uh, and mr goyal is known for his questions about india on yeah. on practically every issue you know you can be discussing right. us germany ties and he'll say but what's in it for india and <laughs> I, i think the hindu had an excellent story i remember he had long back on how it's goyal has now become a verb in the white house yes uh, how <laughs> uh, white house representatives will look towards him hoping that he'll rescue them with a softball question that's right <laughs> well, i mean he, he is an institution uh on to the state visit suhasini um i guess my question to you would be that uh, if we even if we don't go by all the crazy hype that we see on television news the wooing of india by us over the past few weeks has been quite unprecedented you had uh, you know the national security adviser jake sullivan 
secretary of state and the defense secretary come and come to india and you know detail modi's trip there's a 500 million dollar military equipment and technology package on the table that includes jet engines tech transfers you've had a private family dinner at biden's home and today you have the state dinner so what is behind this intense wooing <laughs> well you know manisha i i i w- I do agree with you about the booing. I'm not sure I would agree that officials coming here in advance of the visit are proof of that because if you have a state visit, uh then obviously there are going to be officials going back and forth making sure that every detail is in place uh so that when uh the prime minister comes it's all like clockwork. Uh, and we've had Indian officials go there as well. After all, National Security Advisor Ajit Doval was there back in January. preparing for the iset part of this uh, uh visit uh we've had uh, the prime minister's uh, uh, principal secretary pk mishra go to uh, washington again very unusual uh, to have the prime minister's principal secretary going there but there was a photograph of him with the commerce secretary gina raimondo so a lot of speculation over that um so they are obviously putting in place all the things you need for that visit Um, but uh, but i do think that uh, this is an important visit for the united states they've made it clear that they want to see india much closer to them hmm. if the deal that is on the table right now and let's remember there have been deals in the past that have been announced with a lot of fanfare right from the nuclear deal in 2005 and then you know all that followed then in 2015 again there was an announcement that the nuclear deal is done and that american companies would now come and make reactors in india uh, to other things like this jet engine deal itself some version of it has been on the table since 2010 um but if this deal happens this time it's significant because it 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 is it shows that the us is willing to make an exception for india when it comes to the transfer of technology because india has been insisting that none of these american deals make as much sense to us unless we can actually make them in india because india is not just looking to export but india is a market as mm-hmm. well i don't think they will in much form sort of influence conversations that actual politicians have with each other but it's good to see i mean even if you're just seeing those buses wandering around in yeah new york city or the i think the full page ad things like that are impactful in smaller ways and it's sort of important to see that kind of pushback uh for me personally but with modi i feel um so i i feel like okay this is my pet theory in which i think he suffers from a serious case of nehru in envy so like i mean you look at the nehru museum fiasco removing his name converting it into a prime minister museum but it, i feel like his entire philosophy is motivated by this and we see it especially when he goes abroad because whether you like him or not whether you agree with him or not an undeniable sort of aspect of nehru was that he was a genuine global figure right he was someone who was known across the world at the time he was respected he was loved you look at things like the ticker tape parade he had in new york about truman and jfk breaking protocol as presidents to meet him at the airport his meetings with einstein and so on but yet that was still somewhat organic like people of great profile or intellect coming together but i think what modi tries to do is recreate a like a cut piece facsimile of that whole experience i think the narrative uh, the most uh, important narrative for uh, modi and his government is that india is vishwaguru this is something that they are setting it for 2024 apart from the communal divide whatever they do for that so uh, keeping that narrative in mind i think this us visit becomes very important for him 
and uh, as uh, swasni has given three very good reasons maybe a small reason could be the diaspora voters are equally important for the us hmm. uh, government so, so ramon i i just i i do want to make a point over there you know because so much is made of the indian diaspora and there's no question that the foreign leaders that prime minister modi is meeting are really impressed hmm. not just with the size of these uh, gatherings of diaspora but also the fact is that the indian diaspora has a great reputation around the world of being non political but of really i mean or, or certainly not getting into trouble quote unquote um, but of you know education of being professionals of being there in every walk of life as educated people um and and so when there is an opportunity like prime minister modi's diaspora rallies like we just saw in australia or howdy modi uh to bring all of them into a room together and have them uh listen to both the leaders uh it's always a temptation for the foreign leader that yeah maybe i you know i can get some of this indian american vote as a result but you know we looked at a lot of these elections uh, certainly before because there was a kind of lull in the diaspora events certainly because of covid uh and the uh, and and other reasons uh but before that if you looked at the diaspora event yes the diaspora would come to listen to prime minister modi and of course they were connected to india but there was no indicator that indian uh, americans or indian australians or indian uh, even the uk indians or um uh, uh, you know any of the others had actually voted for the person in power and trump was a great example of that because eventually trump didn't get too many of the indian american votes despite the fact that he held two public rallies and despite uh, the abki bar trump yes, sarkar but, but it's but ravan's right there's always the temptation that the diaspora is actually bringing you votes also it's a prosperous diaspora so it's bringing you campaign funding as well um interesting raman i think you're referring to the the fact that china has put a block again right. on a terrorist sajid meer right who's on the un right. bank list right. and he's put uh, china has put another block on that and that's an ongoing thing with china you know they've done it with about six other cases where india has wanted to put people on the banned list and have not succeeded um because china puts a block on it and sometimes china agrees like they agreed with masood azhar in 2019 um but uh, you were talking about india's relationship with this neighborhood i think if you put pakistan aside because india right now has no relationship with pakistan at that level um uh, there is no question that the modi government has gone from uh, trying to be the big brother uh, and at times getting pushed back to now trying to really forge good relations with its neighbors when it comes to connectivity when it comes to trade uh when it comes to uh things like you know power sharing uh and uh, inland water channels and all the rest so i'd say nepal bhutan bangladesh sri lanka and the maldives have all seen uh, some kind of outreach from india and each of those cases there's been a pushback on, on certain things you know for example the maldives pushed back way back when india made comments about uh, um about the democracy over there and 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 uh, you know wanted the president of, at the time to uh take emergency off uh, sri lanka there's been constant pushbacks until they got into their co- current crises um so all all of them have had uh, issues with india this of a big brother sort of uh, issue with india you saw it most recently with nepal and that akhand bharat map uh, but there's no question that having seen 
the the importance of the neighborhood uh, i think the government has taken a lot of steps when it comes to reaching out with uh, as i said all this trade and connectivity and um, and power sharing issues and i think those are the more long term solutions for whatever problems one might have in the neighborhood because political problems between countries will always remain particularly when one country size is so much bigger than the other so in this global order it seems from a lot of the coverage and the way exactly how the us has been wooing us that uh the us needs us more than we need them is that a correct assessment and if that is a correct assessment how can we leverage it oh what has happened is that uh, the two things in uh, recent uh, say 12 months far longer time but uh, that us and india are in a position of complex uh, interdependence and that's the um, fancy word that they use in international relations robert quinn coined it and um, and there is was one more scholar so uh, complex interdependence is still defines their relationship and in last year or so if the pivotal event in international relations has been ukraine war so us increasingly understands that india has delinked itself from the consequences of where it stands it has in a way de-risked itself from the position it takes in the sense can you in the sense means neither of the two uh, or multiple not two so multiple powers can have a, a lot of uh, uh, elbow room with india on that so india can uh, place its strategic autonomy and pursue whatever it wants so it has de-risked de-risked itself from the consequences of what it decides to do so also uh, something interesting uh, i don't know whether it should be taken into account also happened in in last few weeks that in during Ra- rahul gandhi's visit he was uh, quite uh, clear about that uh, that even if congress was in power it would have taken the same stand he said it and uh, and uh, same stand with regard to um, ukraine war okay, okay. Uh, means uh, uh, not be very openly critical or taken aside mm. in the war and of course it would have wanted just like the present government's formal statement is that a peaceful resolution and end of the military conflict but it would not have taken side and india has a very special kind of relationship with russia so he or rahul gandhi also said so us understands there that uh, there is a continuity in foreign policy and it has a bipartisan support also so uh, uh, even the domestic political capital in india cannot be influenced uh, with uh, exertion of any pressure or something all of you listening in the chota hafta do subscribe so you can listen to the entire hafta we will see you again next week with the hafta till then subscribe pay to keep news free because when the public pays the public is served and advertisers pay Advertiser served. Thank you. Goodbye. All the news laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes, and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs, and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. <laughs>